Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Coast to Coast Podcast time here on InsideCarolina.com. Emergency edition. And you know when we have an emergency coast to coast, that usually means some sort of breaking news. In this case, Zayden High coming to Chapel Hill. This episode is brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt. JohnnyT-shirt.com. All right, fellas. Inside Carolina, Coast to Coast podcast here. Emergency. Sean Moran, Cheryl McMillan, here to talk about the commitment of Zayden High to the UNC Tar Heels. Again, if you haven't been following, don't know where you've been, but Zane High is essentially the last offer that UNC had on their board for the 23 class. He's a six foot nine, 225 pound forward out of Spring Branch, Texas. Sherelle, how did this all go down, man? Uh, so the long story is, uh, basically this all started back in April um, when UNC was waiting on other players to see what they were going to do. And while they were waiting, they saw high perform at a, at a, at a very um, elite level that first weekend in April. And so they started talking to him that weekend. Hubert Davis called him and things were advancing. And then they got a commitment from another player. And there was nothing that happened basically until July when um, that player decommitted from UNC and UNC uh, offered TJ Power, who um, committed to Duke and then Zayden High on back to back days before Peach Jam. And from then on, I think it's just been communication with the high family that, you know, he was no longer uh, just a want for UNC. He was a need. And a lot of times people say that it's not really true. But I think once they got wind that, that TJ Power was kind of heading in a different direction, um, they kind of pounced on high because they, they even told him that uh, if, if UNC doesn't get you, then they're done for the class, basically. Um, so he understood how important he was to them. And then they have a clear vision to show him of what they think he can be in the offense and in the scheme. Um, first with how uh, Brady Manick played this past year and then just him getting glimpses of Pete Nance in practice, of getting glances of Styles and Puff Johnson in practice as well. Um, so it was, it was a clear vision. Um, they kind of zeroed in on him and, and went all in, uh, to use a phrase that a lot of posters like, you know, really from the middle of July. And then um, he just seemed blown away from his, vis- from his visit. You know, this is just happening, so we haven't had a chance to talk to him. Um, but he just seemed him and his family seemed blown away. And then here we are two weeks later and the recruitment has ended. So it seemed like probably going into the visit, he had an idea of what he wanted to do. 
and that was confirmed on the visit, and now he's a UNC commit. Yeah, and I want to give you a, a shout-out because obviously you, ex- you, you kind of called this shot. Like, if he didn't set up any more visits, then you could kind of read the tea leaves. Uh, and he didn't set any more visits, and here we sit. Sean, what is North Carolina getting in Zayden High? You did a really good write-up on the fit um, you know, this past week on InsideCarolina.com. I would encourage folks, if you're listening to this, to go back and, and read that as a companion piece. You also have a, a video scout coming up later uh, today, I believe. Um, so I, I want to kind of ask you, what is North Carolina getting in Zayden High, the player, as far as his skill set goes? Sure. And in, in, in terms of his, his skill set, he, he definitely has some potential. I think anytime you're getting a guy ranked, I mean, last year we talked about guys ranked 50 plus that are coming in and the question marks around them. Uh, right now he's, he's ranked 48 and you can even look at last year's 40 through 50. And there might've been one or two players that made an impact as a freshman. So it's still still a toss-up, but I think there's definitely some things to work with, especially as he goes through his senior year and, and once he gets into Chapel Hill. But right now, he's a he's a big man that that loves to play offensively on the perimeter. That's where he's most, most comfortable from. Uh, he can get out in transition, whether that's a little ball handling for his size or, or filling, the, filling the wings. Uh, the, the main thing that we'll talk about, and it's kind of similar to Seth Trimble, uh, but in a, in a different sense, is How's his shooting ability? Because uh, he he does love to shoot from the from the perimeter, um, and he does love to shoot, shoot a little bit. Well, not as much from mid range, but he, he's right now he's mainly a jump shooter. Not a lot of post post possessions, but I think that's something that can change just given his his size and body type. Um, from a shooting perspective, I and mean, we can get into it probably a little bit more, but has not shot uh, the best percentage either in high school or the three point line, but I think a lot of that can be, can hopefully be be worked out with better better shot selection as he goes. Defensively, he's a guy that he can definitely guard fives and fours and be pretty comfortable on on some switches on the perimeter. But if you're gonna put him out on an island with a, a speedy point guard, that's that's probably where you know going to cause some cause some issues. But he does have some agility. Definitely not a a freak athlete, but at the same time, that's something that should keep him around for multiple years and ideally allow him to grow year over year, uh, which I think is a, a good thing compared to maybe the other play, one of the other players from, from the class that committed, that was for sure a one and done. Uh, so I Zayden Hyde has the prototype of being a multi-year player that UNC that can get better every year. Sean, I want to stay here for a second. Uh, in watching some of his film, and I haven't seen as much as you have, he looks like he's not really quick off the bounce. Is that something you feel like he can improve uh, e- either during his senior year? Or is that something that he, he might be able to benefit from, uh, you know, even just some lower body focus type work with, with Jonas Duration at UNC? Yeah, I mean, I think he could make a big, big jump, both from a, an agility perspective as well as, uh, as, well as just increasing the, the vertical. He, he's definitely not quick off his feet when, uh, he is a pre- he is a pretty good good rebounder with his size, both offensively and, and defensively. But nobody you're gonna talk about getting a quick quick first jump or an explosive first, first jump. jump. Uh, you know when you talked off the bounce, he can attack from the perimeter. He's not gonna blow blow by anybody. But at the same time, if he's matched up with a a true five, he might have an advantage that way. Uh, and he does have. Just from his, you know how he moves off of off of screens, looking for shots, and and how he can handle the ball, uh, bringing bringing the ball up or in transition, he definitely has 
uh, some guard skills for that size, but definitely need will need a little bit of of work once he's in that weight room and conditioning room um, to improve on on a few things. What do you think the best thing that he'll be known for uh, as soon as he gets on the campus? What's the one I guess skill set that he can immediately add to his team other than being a big kid? Um, I, I think I mean there's there's probably two things. Rebounding is that he he's going to be able to to control the boards down low uh, as well as he does it despite his propensity to play on the perimeter. He does like to attack the offensive glass and he, he can be pretty, pretty aggressive. Um, so I think that will continue to improve. So I would say rebounding would be, and I don't know if you're going to say he's known for it, but I think that will be his most stable asset uh, from the time he does step on campus. And then, you know, if I had to buy, buy stock in his shooting, uh, especially right now where it's at at 20, 26%, both from his, his junior season and and AAU, um, I would I would buy it because I, I do think he has a pretty good pretty good form uh, and fluidity. So I would I would buy it and think that he can be a, a true threat as a as a stretch five uh, or even you know potentially toggling between the four and five with Jalen Washington or whoever else might be might be in the mix. Cheryl, I'm sure there's an Afro man joke in here somewhere. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and, and I've I'm kind of mad at myself for not using it yet. But um, <laughs> now that UNC has got high, but I'm um, Ching. Uh, did you feel like when you first started seeing him and started kind of following his recruitment, did he feel like a Carolina kid to you? I know there's a certain type that Hubert Davis and the program have typically tried to recruit. Uh, just as far as you know the personality style, did he feel like a North Carolina uh, kid once you started to talking to him and, and kind of learning more about him? A little bit, um, you know, because there was that huge gap just in where it was, wow, this could be the next UNC offer if things don't go right with another player to not on the radar and not thinking about him, nothing, to, oh, wow, they're recruiting him again. I think in getting to know um, him and his father and, and, and family a little bit, they are very serious about basketball. Um, and I think uh, the things that UNC offers, and again, we haven't had a chance to talk to him since this is just happening, but I think the things that UNC offers holistically as a campus, as a university, also drew them there. Um, but then there's something to be said for the the big time stage. I, I think that's a, a was a major draw. Um, was that you know UNC's coming off of um, you know those huge games in the NCAA tournament and at the end of the regular season, and that's attractive to people. And when we first talked to him, he was very aware of the history of North Carolina. I mean, he says it was a coincidence that he wears number 23, but he, very aware of the history of North Carolina basketball. So I think um, you know that that played into it as well. Um, but, you know, moving forward, I, I do think he is a, a good fit. Um, the thing I like about him, it, I, I don't want to call it flash because it's not flash really, but it's more spice in his game. Um, like he's, he's a kind of, if he was a football player, he would play to the whistleblows. He's that type of guy. And it's funny because I just, that's been a question from scouts and I just, I just don't see it because when I've seen him, he's played really, really hard. To Sean's point, a lot of times he is, um, the trail guy, you know, or, or he's picking and popping, but he's always down there, you know, getting his nose dirty in the paint, trying to get rebounds. And um, anybody who plays basketball will tell you that most of rebounding is just desire. And he definitely has that. And that's his, that's the way he gets rebounds. Cause as Sean said, he's not someone who will overwhelm you athletically. Um, so I think that is, you talk about what can he be known for as soon as he walks on campus. I definitely think he'll be like, initially like high energy big man who comes in off the bench for a few minutes um and then as his career progresses i do think that three point percentage will be 
competent and, and where UNC likes. Sean, I, I would be curious to ask you too, from a mechanics perspective, a lot of times when you see big men like this, uh, sometimes they're shocked to have a hitch and it's not as usually clean as you would see from a wing player. Uh, talk a little bit more about his, you know, his shooting touch or kind of the mechanics he has behind his shot. Sure. So I, we, we talked about it a little, little on the last podcast and it's been in, in the fit and the video, but over, over the course of the UIBL, he was listed as taking over, uh, I think it was around 102, 102 threes. Uh, so when, and not to get too stat heavy, but we're, we're getting into the, the Ken Palm uh, era of, of hoop. So we'll throw out some stats, but took out uh, a few threes just to remove the ones that were coming end of shot clock that he had to heave up or end of a quarter uh, that, that really didn't have much of a chance. So you get down to, to 94. And out of those 94, uh, and I was actually reading on on the on the fit thread, um, and I'm I'm sorry, I'm, I I did have it up, but I'll come up with a poster's name. Actually, it was iBuckets89, uh, who had a who had a pretty good write up and was kind of touched on a few things that that I'm looking for in terms of how how is he shooting or how is he missing when he when he is taking those shots. And uh, we talked about the shot selection, where right right now he was taking. Close to fifty percent of those those shots from NBA range or NBA range plus, which shows that he has he has distance, but probably not what what you want your big man or where you want your big man shooting from, uh, especially if some of them are coming coming early in the shot clock. But it does show that he has has pretty good good range. Uh, but if he's he's able to bring it in a little bit, as well as just improve you know, from a, a covered versus open perspective, I think that can, that will help a lot. Uh, but to your point, Joey, when he's coming off the screens, it, you know, it's not the quickest of shot releases, but it, but it, he, he does have guard. He does look like a guard in terms of how fluid it is. And when he is shooting almost uh, about 75% of his shots were, I'd say on target. And if they're missing, they're missing either short or long versus left or right to the side. So, he was, you know, he, he, even on his misses, he has been on, on target for the most part, which I think is a good indicator of, of your shooting ability. Uh, and he shot a pretty high percentage, high 70s from the free throw line. And in his few mid-range attempts, he did, he did uh, do pretty well. So I think a lot of those, once again, are pointing towards an up arrow in terms of what he can be in Chapel Hill. And as Sherelle, Sherelle pointed out, I don't think it'll be fair to expect him to come on from day one and and start being being Brady Manic, but I think UNC, especially under Roy Williams, had uh, a lot of success with the big man that aren't aren't true five stars coming in playing playing ten minutes or so as a freshman, but being pretty pretty efficient. And then year over year, they kind of take that efficiency and, and bring their game to another level. Not saying it's going to be that, but I'm uh, but I think there could be the opportunity for for his uh, progression to to track similarly. Sherelle, I want to ask you, you know, we're kind of we're putting a bow on the 23 class now. Uh, looking back to where things were when uh, the South Carolina player decommitted from this class, can you kind of give a synopsis as to how things kind of now have come from there to here and just give your kind of your sense on how UNC closed out this class considering where things could have gone, I guess? Oh, I mean, it, it could have been where – you know, Zayden High goes to Villanova or Michigan. Uh, it, you always, always look for to 
the programs you're competing against for certain players to tell you about what their strengths are, knowing those programs and, and their DNA and how they do things. And I think when you're competing with Villanova and Michigan and, and Texas and, and Arkansas, then you kind of know, one, you're getting a good player, but two, you're probably getting a guy who might, again, stay around for a couple of years. You're probably getting someone who's pretty skilled because all of those, um, especially offensively, they all ask of their bigs to do some some things that require skill, right? Um, so I think you, you, you've you got that. Um, so I would say all things considered, man, it's a huge save um, for UNC. Um, it could have been disastrous, you know, losing um, that player and then not being able to recover. But in the end, and this is going to sound controversial and I don't mean it to, um, it could be a situation where long term they are better off because, you know, when you play the one and done game, they're one and, it's called one and done for a reason. They're there for one year and then they're out. And so there's a limited amount of time to build chemistry, to get better, to improve. Um, I think we'll see the best day in the high possible at UNC. With other players who are one and done, you're never going to see the best of them at UNC. Uh, so all, like I said, all things considered, um, after they lost that player, they went out to TJ Power, um, who ended up being a top 25 kid, and then Zayden High. And, and how many times have we said it on here that UNC's sweet spot, that, that 25 to 50, the kid who is good and skilled and plays well, but might have one or two, let's call them deficits, that keeps them from going to the NBA immediately. And I think that's where High fits in. I mean, he could be an NBA player. I don't think that's far-fetched at all, um, especially with the premium put on shooting if he increases his percentage. However, you would expect it to happen in two to three years, not one to two years. Um, so pairing him in the front court with um, – you know, knock on wood, a healthy Jalen Washington one day. Um, the portal is still there, but you have a, a foundation um, that you can build upon. And I, I think that's just huge for Hubert Davis. Um, all these considered where things were about two and a half months ago um, when they lost Gigi Jackson. Yeah, great recovery by the staff. And I, I feel like it's just, it's one of those situations and you hit the nail on the head. They're recruiting in their sweet spot. They're recruiting against peer programs and they're getting a kid, to your point, and I know it was controversial when we said it the first time on the show, to your point, they're, they're getting a kid who will have his best days in Chapel Hill. And I know when you said that about the, the South Carolina player that North Carolina would likely not see the best of him. And I can't remember if it was Bossy or somebody else that said the same thing, but North Carolina would not see the best of that player in Chapel Hill. UNC absolutely will with Satan High. And let me, let me add something too, Joe. You think about it. Um, done with Zayden. They hadn't talked, you know, after April... I think it was like April 20th. They hadn't talked to him at all from April 20th until probably the weekend after Independence Day. So a, a long stretch there. He'd already taken an official visit to uh, Villanova. They jump back in with an offer. Uh, a week after they offer, he takes an official visit to Michigan. Um, like I said, you had homeschool, you know, Texas, the home state school. You had Arkansas in there and some others from the Southwest. So within from the middle of July to now, they jump back into recruitment that they were completely out of, um, made his list, secured an official visit, blew him away, made him a priority, and got a commitment all within, you know, basically three months. So, I mean, that's, that is a, yeah, it's a really good recovery. I know people might not want to hear that. They think we're making excuses or think we're hyping him up, but, um, you know, top 50 big men just don't walk around <laughs> around your your local grocery store all the time you have to go get those guys and it's a credit to Hubert Davis and to Sean May that they were able to do it hey God just like defensive tackles in football God didn't make but so many guys that are six nine and taller 
Um, last thing we want to get out of before we get out of here, Sean, is there anything else you want to add about Zayden High and, and, and his recruitment? No, I mean, I think it's been a been an interesting one. I mean, even even going back to first live period in in July, because uh, I was in Kansas City watching UIBL, and at the time he he didn't have an offer. It came right right afterwards, but you kind of had him in. You're kind of watching him, but you weren't fully focused focused <laughs> on him at the time, and just to see how how quickly things change coming out of out of that weekend, but but just in general. And I think this is I'm going to throw this to. Sherelle, because I was going through my notes, but couldn't find it. I believe Robert Dillingham was the first uh, first player offered in the class by by Roy Williams. Mm-hmm. It, I'm thinking early early 2021. So it was um, Christmas. It was Christmas Eve of uh, 2020. 20, 20. Yeah, it took 2020. Christmas Eve of 2020. No, Christmas Eve of 2019. His offer was pre-COVID. So yeah, yeah, that that that, that just shows you know kind of the and, and there weren't a lot of offers in the, in this class given out. Just, I mean, that, that's shown from the, the two man recruiting class that took a lot of time to put together, but um, you know, it, it, it's always interesting to see who they, they did look at and who they, they didn't get and what they ended up with. But um, you could always tell this, the 2023 class was focused on being, being small and selective and, now it'll be interesting to see how those two two mix, especially with a lot of um, a lot of focus on the classes to come afterwards. And you know, uh, let that be a lesson to us, to readers, to subscribers, to fans. You know, um, if you were to put money down in Vegas on you know June fifteenth, twenty twenty one, and what North Carolina's class would be, I've been like, oh, it's going to be Dillingham and Jackson because Carolina's <laughs> in the lead for both of them. They both talk about how much they love them. Like it's it's done. And as time you know, went along, you know, we saw how that changed and had in, in a thousand years, if you said, is Timmy and Wiltshire going to commit to UNC a week after his official visit? I've been like, no, what? of course not. You know, they've got Isaiah <laughs> Collier coming, you know, they've got London Johnson coming. Um, so that was a surprise. And then there was the whole uh, Montez Buzelis kind of flirtation. It was like, well, could that happen? Is he going to visit? Um, so the class, you know, it, it went from, you know, is it going to be Wiltshire, Zealous and Jackson to be Carolina's best class in a long time to is it going to be Wiltshire and Jackson? That's fine to, okay, what are they going to do to now it's <laughs> Wiltshire and high? Um, but I still think they ended up with what they wanted. And again, this is a, um, you know, uh, almost two year journey to find kind of that yeah. stretch four in this class. They, they thought they had it and then they didn't. And then they, they thought they were in there with TJ power and then they weren't. And now they have high. And sometimes it happens in recruiting where the guy you thought you you know, wanted the most or, or, or had, was it the one you necessarily needed? I think back to, I think it was 2007 and you know, I'm getting long, let me know, 2008 when UNC had offered Devon Rowe and Samardo Samuels and, you know, everybody's like, oh, they're going to get both of those guys and it's done. <laughs> and they didn't get either. And guess who Roy Williams pivoted to? Tyler Zeller and Ed Davis. Not too so, bad. Yeah. So sometimes it works out where the guys that you think you want or you think you're going to get aren't the ones necessarily you need. And it could be the case, you know, in this situation with UNC. Well, it has definitely been a long, strange trip with with this particular class, uh, putting a bow on it. Trill, you have two more pennies before we get out of here, or are you good? No, I think Smarto Samuels and, and uh, Del Monroe mentions in a podcast 15 years later is probably it's a, That is definitely a deep cut. <laughs> big, big, big propers to you for that. All right, guys, as always, very thankful for y'all being here and for bringing the insight that you bring. Special shout out to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsoring this show and all Inside Carolina content. Hit them up. I'm sure that's probably uh, where Zayden High will be stopping the first chance he gets 
once he gets to Chapel Hill officially. But special thanks to John Siegley for producing. But this has been an emergency edition of the Coast to Coast podcast here on InsideCarolina.com. Zayden High committing to the Tar Heels. They are done with their 2023 recruiting class. Hubert Davis and his staff. Great save. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sherell. Thanks to everybody for listening. Remember, subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate it. Until next time on the Coast to Coast, on a regularly scheduled Coast to Coast podcast, we'll talk at you then. Late. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.